pick out my best hat. Going to a place called the Old Briar Patch. Gonna get loose and I'm gonna have fun. Gonna go hunting, but I won't need a gun now. Well, the season is always open. Yeah, I wanna be the, uh... I just got out of the joint, and I want to raise your kids. I'm like, oh my god, he's so crazy. <laughs> so this is either the open. This is actually parts of Mrs. Doubtfire, or what you think are parts of Mrs. Doubtfire. I'm certain that's a part of Mrs. Doubtfire. I also think that there was a. He showed up in other costumes to be like, um, uh, also be like a maniac. So like, kind of, kind of like set the the tone for them interviewing people as like it's all maniacs when he showed up as the Mrs. Doubtfire character. Like finally, a normal person. I haven't seen. I've only seen that movie once, <laughs> so I don't remember. I think we should just leave this in and start. It seems like it's working. Yeah, fine. But do we check it? Let's check it. Welcome to the new Flash podcast. My name is Brett Arnold at Brett Redacted on Twitter. Joe Avella, what up? Uh, I kept that first part in because when Joe walked in here, I don't know. We start talking about Mrs. Doubtfire, but we did. And Joe thought Joe remembered. He thought he remembered. Am I remembering it right? That. To, uh, Robin Williams' character set up a bunch You're saying he set up Right, he wanted to establish the fact that there's all crazy caretakers in San Francisco So, Because he saw that they were looking for a nanny So he prank called him a couple of times Because he was an actor in the thing So he's like pretending to be multiple psychopaths to scare his wife And then also either he sent crazy people over to be applying for it Or maybe he himself dressed up like a couple different crazy characters Finally, the, so by the time that he showed up as Mrs. Doubtfire, the 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 wife and mother was just th- grateful that it wasn't a crazy person, right? That's part of it, right? It wasn't like a, a hilarious montage of him calling and and being like, "I'm a crazy guy." So go no, right? Yeah, I don't remember that at all. So I love that this might just not be real. You know what? I would not be surprised that it's not real, and I'm wrong because a couple days ago, I was looking and I can't find it. I'm, apparently, I invented a song that doesn't exist. So huh. Everyone knows, probably should know, the Joe Jackson song, Steppin' Out. Great song. Okay. Anyway, years ago, I could swear I had heard and even had on like my iTunes playlist, whatever version of that, a version of Ben Folds doing Steppin' Out by Joe Jackson. The other day, I was like, man, I've heard that song of forever. And it's nowhere to be found. And I can't find There's no... Uh, like live recording or produced recording that I could find of Ben Folds singing or the Ben Folds Five singing Joe Jackson stepping out. I was certain that I heard the song like a thousand times. Are you sure you're not thinking about bitches ain't shit? I don't think so. Because <laughs> he did that. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Am I just crazy or like is it just not on YouTube or in the iTunes store or whatever because it's a cover and he probably couldn't get the rights to publish it anywhere? Anyway, so we're, I look starting this week with a couple questions. I know. I just I thought. <laughs> So I'm not surprised now that when I say like, oh, this thing happened, people are like, that never happened. I'm like, that probably didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope we, I hope someone replies like, yeah, that never happened. <laughs> Why? Well, I, w- I don't remember that movie uh, details very well. Of Mrs. Doubtfire. No, I remember him walking around making funny noises because he was a lady. Is it the kind of movie where like it's so ingrained in our pop culture? I like never have to see it again. I, yeah. I think I saw it once. And I got you clearly it. remembered it. Maybe. Well, I, I, if, again, it, I'm probably making stuff. Up. I'm probably yeah. confusing a couple <laughs> different movies. But, uh, I mean, the whole Mrs. Doubtfire thing, it's it's funny, I guess, and you'll see clips and stuff, but I mean, do you ever want to sit down and watch that movie again? I'm sure it's fine, but I don't know, whatever. There are better Robin Williams movies to watch, I, I bet. Yeah, it's just another, like, good, let's all, your family, you know, you know, you never want to talk. You got a family, Sally Fields and your family. No, the movie, those are the types of movies that when you have 
a family and you don't feel like talking, you're like, let's go see a movie. Okay, this movie we can all unanimously agree is fine. Like the wedding. This will be 90 minutes of us not talking. You said the wedding singer. Yeah, the wedding singer is a perfect example of that movie. It's like the most harmless bullshit movie that you know you only see once. But like, mom won't get Great offended. Though. Uh, your 11 year old uh, sister won't get offended. Dad will be like conservative father. Will be like that. Adam Sandler is pretty funny. Yeah. Oh yeah. The 80s was weird. Remember that hair? <laughs> all right. Uh, welcome to the new Flash. As I said earlier, a podcast about horror movies and all things tangentially related to horror, mm-hmm. uh, including Joe and I's weeks, which are <laughs> often horrific horror shows. Um, this week we're doing a film called uh, talking about a film called Happy Hunting. Mm-hmm. Something I had never heard of. I went to Netflix because uh, Joe and I needed something to watch for this week. Way, and to, I ser- way to sell it. Yeah, I went to horror movies and I sorted by release date. So I looked at all these uh, new s- movies I hadn't even heard of. There's a handful that sound really interesting. So maybe for the next several weeks, we'll uh, watch some of these movies that uh, under the radar horror that may be DTV and bad, mm-hmm. direct-to-video stuff. But this one, we'll talk about later. I was pleasantly surprised by Joe wasn't as pleased. Uh, but, uh, yeah, a lot of stuff on Netflix lately. Yeah, we also, uh, I watched The Vault, and even though it's not Amazon, uh, even though it's not Netflix on Amazon, released the uh, Electric Dream series based on Philip K. Dick's writings. Yeah, the the Amazon's like, we want a Black Mirror 2 show. Amazon just basically, I mean, because they have all the money in the world, they're basically looking at what works and going, we'll just do a version of that. And I'm not surprised that, much like how they wanted their own Game of Thrones, so they bought the Lord of the Rings rights, and much like how they wanted their own Black Mirror, so they just bought Philip K. Dick's. Uh, rights or whatever. Like every, and they every, want a Game of Thrones, so they bought. Yeah, that's Lord what I said. Rings, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, but it's just funny they're just like picking lit- works of literature because they probably already had deals because they're, you know, were started off as a bookstore and publishing company. The, right. the fact that they're like just flipping anything that has to do with like any sort of any popular book. It's like, I would not be surprised if uh, some sort of Harry Potter offshoot show pops up on the on the radar in a in a year. Yeah, or so. why not? Yeah, like why? I mean, you think J.K. Rowling just like, yeah, fine, read. Give me all the money in the world. Yeah, just go sure. ahead and mine it for other stories. And, you know, I mean, Amazon's going to, they're going to be the first trillion dollar company. There's no question about it. Like, there's, they're unstoppable. So, anyway, we watched that. And I think I might have watched a few other things I don't know. We were going to do Final Destination, but that's, yeah, that's so on pause. We were going to do the Final Destination series because Joe and I were getting, uh, not sick of doing new stuff, but it's fun to do a series and like Mix you know, it up. be able to do a lot of research on something. Yeah, and uh, watch a bunch of stuff in a sequence. So we're gonna do we're gonna do the Final Destination series soon. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, starting next week. Maybe not. We'll, we're we're waiting to hear from a special guest that is related to the series. That I wanna I don't want to do the episode without having that guest on now. It seems silly. Yes, I agree. So we're gonna wait on that. But I mean, luckily, even if they're not back next week, even if he's not ready next week, we have. A handful of Netflix horror that I think of course, I wrote yeah. down. Is it just is it because it's the new year and, and this is when the horror stuff comes out? It I seems don't like know. Horror it primarily like at the beginning of the year. There's a lot of stuff that snuck by, snuck under the radar last year. Maybe like festival stuff, like Happy Hunting. I think was a festival movie. Yeah, it was. Um, stuff like that that I just hadn't heard of. Um, and there's one from including the from the guy who did Found Us Nation. He has a new movie or uh, not new anymore, but it's on F- new to Netflix called Dead Awake. Oh yeah, that's right. There's we gotta a lot watch of that. there's a lot of stuff that I, I'm curious about. I think we. Horror, horror seasons upon us. Yeah, as horror movie podcast hosts, we should probably watch all the shit that's on Netflix. Yeah, that's fine. Available to everybody. And everybody's got it. Yeah. So we'll uh, we're we'll working on to, it. We're, we're working on it. What else did you do this week? Uh, well, but before we get to that, intentionally related to horror. Uh, maybe before we get to that, we'll do the what did you watch? And before, did you see anything this week? You always uh, do. I did. I saw the new Liam Neeson movie yesterday. Okay. And before that, we got bits and pieces. Lots going on in horror, including uh, Disney and the Aladdin uh, live 
remake live live action, action remake adaptation yeah and yeah. then uh oh there's a new hellraiser trailer we'll talk about that yes and do we talk about the news of the the cloverfield the, the latest of the new cloverfield we did, we did? Okay. yeah it's pushed yeah well so they say or so they say yeah yes. it's already out <laughs> um so turn, turn on your phone <laughs> what did there. i what has my week been has been actually pretty stressful What's happening? Just trying to plan this fucking move, man. Yeah, I do not envy you, my friend. You know, it, it's not so much like there's a lot of like planning to do moving parts. It's, it's just like that looking forward to doing that. You want, yeah, wanting to get it off my plate and get it done. My, my wife is in L.A. and she found our, us a place and it's, she's really happy with it. And it's in a building. We have friends living in there. That oh, my of, God, really? Yeah, so it's going to be huge, hu- huge help. And appa- it's in Los Feliz and apparently it's very uh, it's near a lot of cool stuff. So my I wife like is currently Feliz. having her own little uh, vacation in L.A., having a blast. While oh, she's there? Yeah, she's there. She's not going to be back until next week. So <laughs> while she's there, I'm here trying to get this stuff situated. And, you know, anyone who's had a major move, even has moved and hired movers to do it, whenever you do it, you just you suddenly become a Buddhist for the time. You're suddenly just like, <laughs> eh, it's just stuff, you know? <laughs> You say you get into the mind frame of like, I need to be prepared for everything I own to be destroyed or just disappear. Yeah. You got to kind of be like, I don't feel like that's a problem for you. For me, for me, no, but (laughs) tell it to my wife. I wouldn't give a shit really. I'd be annoyed. Like, I got to buy stuff again. Yeah. 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 You in the car. Yeah. I would love to just be like, can we just leave this shit here? But whatever. The good news is, is at this moment, save for like, I mean, there's a few pieces of furniture like we really like. But um, I was say, is your do your apartment come furnished? Or did you bring all that shit? We brought all that shit. Okay. But a lot of the stuff we're just leaving here, we're selling or giving away. Because mm. I would rather do that just because it's it's not stuff that we were like excited. Well, I, I'm trying to say is most of our furniture we're not that excited about. Yeah. So I don't give a fuck. I only recently started buying furniture that I'm like I want to move with this. Yeah. 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 Usually it's just like fine. We'll take this dresser. It was here when we moved in. My room was a ragtag assembly of random. Yeah, stuff of course. That I found or yeah. was given to me. You're a dude. Yeah. I'm a, I'm just a guy. But also. I went to the vet yesterday to pick up some cat Xanax. Cats? Oh, for the for the commute. Because we got to fly. Well, we're flying now. You're flying now. Yeah, we're gonna fly with the cats. Okay. So we, we, I, no. I wanted to drive across country. Yeah, Apparently, dude, RV company. First of all, I'd have to pick it up in Jersey, God knows where. Drop it <laughs> off somewhere in California, not LA. So right there, that was a problem. The only place I said they could do it, I have to have the vehicle for a minimum of ten days. You don't want that. Of course You're, not. It's gonna take you three days top. Four. Yeah. If, again, it's not a vacation because I can't really like. Go places, get get out and do stuff because of the cats. 10 days. Of course not. <laughs> so, and and in the ten day projection alone with everything, they gave me an estimate of something like it was almost three thousand dollars. Are you serious? Renting actually renting a van like a minivan and just hitting Airbnbs and doing like a, a five day drive or four day five day trip. Yeah, it was like twelve hundred dollars total with everything. That's like you know that's not obviously flying is uh, less expensive. Um, the reason I wanted to drive is I was worried that our cats would freak out on the plane. But as my wife pointed out, they really freaked out in the car. <laughs> so I think that was like a 13-hour trip. And granted, it didn't kill them. So I'm like right now experimenting with certain sedatives for cats that my vet gave me and trying to find out one that will like really knock them out. I just bought a second carrier. I'm just going to dope them up, get on a plane. Hopefully they don't, they can stay they high can for hang. six hours. Yeah. Even if I figure like even if they like are meowing or freaking out, that'll be that big of a deal. Right? I mean, they're not in like the the plane part of the plane. Yeah, yeah, no, they're gonna be in the cabin with us. Oh. You got to keep them in a carrier and under a seat. Interesting. Definitely not putting them in cargo. No, that that would fucking kill them. Right. Yeah. That's what I was concerned. That's about. why when you see you see those pictures, people when they bring like dogs on flights with them, they you know, like if you have a you're gonna have a small dog and be in a kennel, but if it's a bigger a dog or animal, but obviously it'd be a dog, uh, you have to buy the dog a seat and the dog has to sit in the seat. So you have to buy the cats. No, no, no. For this one, our cats are small, so we have to do. So coming on is basically carry-ons. I was looked at the flight. 
the, the airline, you know, it's cool. Yeah, I called and they said fine. It's like a hundred extra dollars, and they they have like I I the carrier I bought online says it's what if it's like a airline regular. What isn't that like a thing? I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell them that I'm bringing a cat. Yeah, so like hopefully they figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, so, we'll so I don't envy you. That's that's the, that's, that's gonna suck. But again, it's like it's it's six hours. Yeah, as opposed S- to like the thirty. Like you know, or like driving across because my theory was if I get a big like a like a minivan which is big because we don't have a lot of stuff. We'll just have like our our suitcases. If I get a, a van or an RV with enough space that the cats after the initial like freaking out, they would just calm down. It's like sitting on couches or whatever, like the back seat. But yeah. that's a that's a theory I had, and considering that's way more expensive to do that than just to fly, I'm like, well, one could also theorize that they will hate that for four or five days, then we're locked in. So it's just like, let's just fucking fly, fuck it. Let's just fucking fly. So yeah, I'm out of here the thirtieth, I think, or thirty first. That is so soon. Are you gonna do anything? You gonna have like a drinks thing? Are you just like, fuck it? Are, are you gonna <sighs> Irish I? exit this town? I would li- I, I would kind of like to, but I don't. I, I would feel bad not doing it. But just, I don't know. it's just it's just so it's ca- it's hard because a invite everyone thing. Those things are never fun for anyone. It's no. like and it's hard because it's like oh I know oh, so many people here, but nobody really knows each other. So I got to work the room all night and you know and then it's like it's groups of people everywhere. But then if you try and do a small one, then it, when, like who do I bring? Yeah, but even if that like people who you didn't invite are gonna find out because you're, you're naturally friends are just gonna be like. Oh yeah, going to Joe's going away thing, and they're like, "Why didn't he invite me?" And like, uh, or then people are like, "Hey, so man!" So you just can't win. So you just don't do it. Yeah, that's, that's right. So I'm thinking I'll do one like for work. <laughs> yeah, you gotta do the the what is it? Either Barfly or uh, well, we moved. The office what's the other, what's the other place? We're down. Where you moved? Yeah, we're down by World Trade now. Who knows what's over there? Uh, there's a couple so places. It's either Barfly or what's the other one? One Star. Yeah, those are the VIP. This about, so I'll pick something and maybe a thing with friends, but rather just like see people individually. Over the next couple of weeks, like then kind 25th of twenty fifth hour out. style. <laughs> no, God, no. It's more like just getting a thing or whatever. And also, here's the thing: what sucks about those is at the end of it, whenever it's done, everyone's like, "Okay, goodbye forever." I'd rather just like see people casually before I go and just be like, "Yeah, we're back in a couple months." I do have to come back in a couple months for for bi stuff anyway. I just kind of be like, kind of just be like, "Ah, oh, you know, maybe I'll see you again before I go, or I'll see you when I come back in a couple months." And because people I don't see that often anyway, I just hate. I'm saying I hate goodbyes like because I'm sentimental. It's more just like, ugh, must I we do this? I hate the logistics of goodbyes. Yeah. I don't hate the goodbye Must we? Plan. Because must we? if I stayed, there's a good chance that I don't see some people that I consider good friends for like six or eight months. Yeah. So, what? you know, what's the? it's not people I see daily. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. What were we up to? I don't remember. So <laughs> that makes there you me go. think that it wasn't that exciting. Let me look at my calendar. Uh, yeah, I saw the Liam Neeson movie yesterday. There you go. I, uh... I didn't do anything. Uh, I got back into the uh, my my personal trainer guy who was out of town is mm-hmm. back, so I'm back on. Is that he disgusted grind. by uh, what, how, what happened how to me? Go? Yeah, <laughs> he's like, "Yo, dog, you're worse than when we started." <laughs> yeah, he was gone for three weeks, man. What a weirdo. Uh, well, he got. It was supposed to be two. We got stuck because of the weather. Gotcha. He was in Miami, so I think that being stuck is not a bad deal. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I'm back at the gym. I'm back. Uh, did I watch anything else? No, I don't think I did anything. Okay. I think it was a very relaxing getting back to the grind week. It's nice that we have another three-day weekend yeah. this weekend. Um, but, yeah, I'm ready to talk about some, some news. Okay, let's get into the horror news. It's the, it's the segment everyone's come to love and respect and look forward to with bated breath every week. It is the Bits and Pieces, and as a theme song, bits and pieces, come on, bits and do the pieces. 
What do you got? Uh, so the trailer finally for Hellraiser Judgment is out. You're the first person to say finally after the tra- <laughs> new trailer for the new Hellraiser <laughs> movie is out. No one's ever said so finally. Hellraiser 10 or something? Finally, the new Hellraiser trailer is out. Uh, and I will say it looks very cheap. Yep. It looks like uh, it's inspired by like late period torture porn stuff like yeah. Saw and Hostel. Which is already so dated. It's already pretty dated. It looks like um, every horror movie from 2006. I will say Pinhead doesn't look as ridiculous as he did in the last one. The fat one. Pinhead looks like Pinhead even though it's not, what's his name, Doug Bradley. He looks like a Pinhead. He looks like a Pinhead. <laughs> uh, you know what? I don't know. It doesn't look terrible. It just It looks like a straight-to-video Hellraiser movie, which yeah. they, most of them have been. Um, I'll watch it. I don't it can't, yeah, it can't be worse than... Uh, can't be worse than no, that last one. Uh, the last three were like profoundly terrible. Uh, watch the trailer, see if you're interested. I mean, people who are into this are gonna watch it anyway. Yeah. Uh, there's still no release date. Even at the end of the trailer, it said like "look for it" on Blu-ray. Okay. It didn't say when. So, uh, rumor has it it's next month sometime. Yeah. But, but you make say. a good point. There's no th- this movie does not have to m- make some sort of weekend box office nut no. or try and like they'll just put it. They're just gonna put it somewhere and be like, okay, go watch it, and then. Hopefully enough reviews or people will see it. But like, come on, get real. Like, yeah, and speak, no, no one's waiting for putting this. it somewhere. Here it is. Watch it. The inside American, I oh, guess American. Yeah. Maybe it's Spanish American remake. English language inside remake is yeah. out. Getting apparently, ra- getting raked over the coals. Every every the, the most favorable review I saw was like a C plus or maybe like a solid C from the AV Club. I think AA Dowd. Every time it. they try to make a, a French uh, new extremity horror movie mm. American version mm. it's gonna be bad it's gonna stink it takes Martyrs a, was fucking bad it takes do you remember the, watching that did, did I watch the remake I think maybe I, I don't know if you did I don't I think I saw the remake it was bad it's like you can't you can't translate that shit and I'm I don't know maybe I'll watch inside just to say I did again I feel as the horror movie podcast host sometimes that I gotta take take a bullet for y'all so maybe I'll watch it uh, do you want to talk you, you sent me this this is ridiculous so headline Disney admits to darkening extras skin for the live action Aladdin. Now I didn't look deeply into this, but it seems like that they are adding dark skin makeup to white people for the backgrounds of the the new Aladdin live action movie. Is that what it says? Yeah. Heavily tanned to look Middle Eastern, but is it white people or is it just like light yeah. skin person? White actors. This I mean, the most preposterous thing I've heard in a while as far as Movie making. First of all, it's Disney. It's the biggest production company in the world. One of the biggest. Yes. Biggest conglomerate. It's, it's gigantic. What do you mean they can't find dark-skinned people to be... We're talking extras here. It's... I mean... They were already in trouble because they cast Billy Magnuson, uh-huh. uh, this white actor for mm-hmm. the movie, and the, the backlash was so swift that I thought he left. Am I crazy? Or did that not happen? I don't know, but, yeah. uh, you know, I'm not defending... When they uh, they absolutely should not pick you know white people to play uh, any sort of brown person or person of color in a movie. It's so stupid. This at this point, there are legions of talented dark skinned actors. I know that's like you know, news flashes two thousand eighteen, but that like there's no reason to not have. And I'm talking like lead role actors and actresses. There's like more than enough to choose from. No, so no, there's no for that. So yeah. for this to be like, oh, we're darkest kids of white people who are standing in the background doing fuck all. It's like, what do you mean you couldn't find dark-skinned extras? That is idiotic. Like, that doesn't... That, here's the thing. It doesn't make a lick of sense, right? I've seen... Look, turn on a television. 
It's like just dark skinned people everywhere. Yes. What were these extras doing that like were like oh, a white guy has to do this that? This is a weird statement. What is it? According to the Sunday Times, is a British newspaper. Mm-hmm. Disney says it resorted to darkening white people for roles requiring skills that could not readily be readily found in the Asian community, such as stuntmen, dancers, and camel handlers. I guarantee you if you looked for a second, you'd find some. Oh, yeah, that's right, because there isn't a whole Hollywood in, uh, movie industry called Bollywood in the Middle East. Yeah. Uh, a- Asia, China, uh, and uh, Japan have incredibly huge, uh, incredibly huge movie industry, right? Yeah. You go over there, there's just billboards of people that you've never seen before. That's fucking bullshit. This is so stupid. Like, I don't... And again, it's, it's not oh like... Oh my a, God, I forgot Guy Ritchie's making this movie. What? Yeah. I did not know that. That is... Holy shit. That way, he's made plenty of movies with uh, with uh, people of color in it, right? This is going to be insane. This Guy is Guy Ritchie's Aladdin. I mean, didn't, didn't him fucking up uh, the man Will Smith you? is the genie. Really? Yeah. And Billy Magnuson, I was, I said I thought he left. I was wrong. He's in the movie, and he's cast. Everyone's mad because he's just a random white guy who's been inserted to the story who was not in the original. What movie. the fuck? This doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah, they did cast um, uh, actors of color for the other roles, but like it was this whole process of like it was very public that they were doing it. You know, like people were like, because it was they hired the white guy, and then they were like, oh no, no, no we're gonna hire a diverse cast. Don't worry. So like they're just like kind of like backtracking. This is so stupid. It's, it's so idiotic. Yeah. It's it, it it does not. It's not easier to do it this way. It's not. You cannot go. Well, we can't find. Uh. Uh. I, we can't find a dark skinned person who knows how to handle a camel. BAFTA, is that what they're telling me? BAFTA nominated TV director Riazmir called Disney's decision quote an insult to the whole industry. Absolutely. The talent exists and is accessible, and there's yep. no way that Asian extras could not have been hired to meet the needs of the 100% film. One hundred percent as Disney, they got more money than most countries don't this is not a cost-effective thing it's not an indie movie that's being shot in phoenix there's it's like it's an international movie what uh disney's statement was this is the most diverse cast ever assembled for a disney live action production more than 400 of the 500 background performers were indian middle eastern african mediterranean and asian so they're trying to say it's not as bad as it's reported four to five hmm. we'll see so it's slated for a 2019 release it's an aladdin remake will smith is genie crazy um, I, I mean, the the Jungle Book remake, the live action one that John Favreau did, I was surprised by how much I enjoyed it. It worked. Yeah, fa- that's because Favreau is great. They're just gonna remake every fucking one of these. It's of a, so. and that'll be fine. Yeah, and they own, and they own, own it. And like, in yeah. the future, they'll do it again. They'll go animate it again. Uh, they'll animate the live action version. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, fun fact: my college roommate's yeah. uncle directed the original. Uh, the animated animate. What's his name? John Musker. Oh yeah. He's done a lot of those. He did like Treasure Planet. Is he still alive? Little Mermaid. Yeah. He's still, he's still banging. He just did. He just did Moana. Wow, really? Yeah. Hell yeah. They were. They Let's get that guy Moana in the pod. For a long time. I used. Oh, we, me and that roommate did not end well. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, I just want to say real quick, also, because you just brought the Aladdin thing. Guy Ritchie's a, a terrible director. I don't know. I don't know what he's doing, but. Everything he's made in the past, what, at this point, 20 years has been terrible. I mean, I just saw his uh, King Arthur movie, and it was entertaining, but yeah, I don't, I, his direction, the movies, Sherlock, if they're the good. Sherlock Holmes shit sucks. Oh, I can't, I can't stand those movies. That's terrible. I hated them. It was, uh, the man from UNKLE was terrible. I liked that. No. But um, I agree, at, in general, his direction is like, it's, you know, his, you could tell a Guy Ritchie movie from a mile away, just because like, he has a distinct style. It doesn't, yeah. mean, it doesn't mean it's good style. I don't like him, and then I figured it out. I was like, why is this guy so popular still? 
I, I don't listen to the Joe Rogan podcast, but he happened to have been on it, and I saw some of the clips, and he was there like in a suit and anything, and man, Guy Ritchie could charm, charm the pants off of anyone. Really? Just look at any interview he has where he gets a talk. He's, he's so well-spoken, and he is very handsome, and he just plays up the cool British guy, you know? And yeah, he, he, he it's clear to me much like, you know, when we, like why people who suck keep getting chances to make stuff. You're like, if that guy came into, walks into any meeting, he's getting what he's pitching. Like, there's no question about it. Like, he's just, exudes coolness. But unfortunately, he's a terrible director and producer. Like, his movies are, his movies suck. Not even like, like bad, like, oh, he's such a, like, got a weird, like, point. It's just incompetent, you know? Yeah. Oh, well. So, uh, Disney, you fucking suck. (laughs) Yeah, how dare you? Um, So, next news. Uh, We talked about this in the past, that there was a pilot being made for uh, the Snowpiercer TV series. Yeah, what's up with that? Uh, it has been ordered to series mm-hmm. on TNT. Whoa. Um, the series is based on the movie of 2013. And uh, the show will star Jennifer Connelly, which is quite a get for a TV show. Definitely. David Diggs. Yo, he's awesome. Mickey Sumner, Susan Park. I don't know the rest of these people. Um, this is a quote from the... Do you think uh, J- uh, Connelly's going to play the uh, Tilda Swinton character? Ooh, probably. I'm not sure. I don't mm-hmm. see if it says. Uh, this is the VP of programming for TNT. I'm a personal fan of Bong Joon-ho's epic film and jumped at the chance to honor his original vision yet expand upon the world and characters with a diverse, award-winning cast. Science fiction is the perfect genre to examine issues of race, class, gender, and natural resources with thought-provoking and exciting storytelling. Snowpiercer will explore those relevant issues while embarking on a wild, action-thrilled, action-filled ride. Here's the premise. I know what the premise is. Y'all on a train. <laughs> Set seven years after the world has become a frozen wasteland, the series centers on the remnants of humanity who inhabit a gigantic, perpetually moving train that circles the globe. As it does, issues of class war for social injustice and the politics of the survival are raised, which sounds like the movie. I was hoping it would be like beyond that, but we'll see what they do with it. Uh, the pilot was directed by Scott Derrickson. Who's done what? He did most recently Doctor Strange, but he's the guy from Sinister. Oh, and cool. Actress of Emily Rose and that Hellraiser one, Hellraiser Inferno. Which one was Inferno? Um, Hellraiser Inferno is the one with the detective, and there's oh, the yeah, that one was like the engineer. That one wasn't bad. The issue was it was a Hellraiser movie. Right, that was the one that like sh- was just like a horror movie that was injected into. Yeah, the pinhead just kind of like breezes through in the background. <laughs> yeah, like, there it's a Hellraiser movie. Uh, he also did Deliver Us from Evil, which I walked out of. The Eric Bana movie, really bad. I don't think I saw it. Good call. Um, quick one here. The Eyes of My Mother director. Yes, standing uh, O. Nicholas Pesky or Pes? Pes? Who knows? What up, Pesky? Uh, he has a new movie. Uh-huh. It's premiering at Sundance. It's called. Uh, I started to say it's called Piercing. It's called Piercing. It's mm-hmm. based on the writer of Audition. Remember that movie? Yeah. The writer of Audition's 1994 novel, the same name. So I guess, oh, okay. Okay. I thought it was gonna be based on the guy who wrote, like, the, like the story of writing it. Uh, it stars Mia Wasioka or Was whatever her name is. Wendell Pierce is in it. Oh, cool. Uh, it's let's see. It the press release says that the movie blends psychological horror with comedy and stylish neo noir. Resulting in a sly take on the fantasy of escape and the hazards of modern romance. So that's that means nothing. I'm gonna read a premise. Yeah. It's a little long. Okay, and go. Reed is going on a business trip. He kisses his wife and infant son goodbye, but in mm. lieu of a suitcase filled with clothes, he's packed a toothbrush and a murder kit. Whoa. Everything is meticulously planned. Check into a hotel and kill an unsuspecting victim. Only then will he rid himself of the devious impulses and continue to be a good husband and father. Mm. But Reed gets more than Sounds he Sounds like the vanishing. Mm, it does actually. Yeah. But Reed gets more than he bargained for with 
Jackie, an alluring call girl who arrives at his room. First, they relax and get in the mood, but when there's an unexpected disruption, the balance of control begins to sway back and forth between the two. Is he seeing things? Who's playing whom? Before the night is over, a feverish nightmare will unfold, and Reed and Jackie will steal their bond in blood. Uh, Sounds cool. That director was a, a great debut, so I can't wait to see what he does next. Yeah, the movie, uh, a fucking excellent movie. If you guys haven't seen Eyes of My Mother yet, I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix. It right? was, and if it's not, oh my it'll God. be on one of those. It'll definitely, it's definitely either there or Strutter. Wherever it is, see it. It is a phenomenal film. Now, this is something that if you follow me on Twitter or you listen to the show in the past, you've probably heard about. Uh, this is this is proof number two that The Secret exists. We have potentially willed another television program into existence. You all remember that we said The Purge should be a TV show, and then lo and behold, yeah. several weeks or months, maybe a year later, uh-huh. it happened. Yeah. Still hasn't come out, but it's happening. Yeah. Uh, same deal here. John Wick. There's been two movies. Uh, in bet- uh, after the first movie, you can go look. There's Twitter evidence of this. No. I'm not the only one who said it, so I'm not going to act like it was some amazing thing. But... Um, I said that it would be a great idea to do a spinoff of John Wick that focused on the Continental, which is the hotel in the movie where you see where John Wick stays, and you see it's like a place where all hitmen stay. Yeah. So it I just, have not seen any John Wick anything, so I'm still like, huh? Yeah, it's a cool premise though. Like, it's like the coolest part of the movie. The coolest part of the movie is that. There's like this, it's just like this unspoken like universe thing where that like they didn't explain fully. They're just like, yeah, this exists in this world. Yeah, well, and the, it's just, the, like, the Hotel. Yeah. yeah. So it was a really cool premise, and now Stars has ordered that exact series. Are there three Gen Wicks? There's about to be, but there's not. There's two, and the third one is yeah. is, is apparently happening. Not so cool. the Continental will be executive produced by the screenwriter behind the franchise and Keanu Reeves. Stars. What else is happening? Uh, Keanu Reeves is expected to make an appearance in the series, but will not star. No. The potential TV series is set in the John Wick universe and focuses on the inner workings of the exclusive Continental Hotel, which serves as a refuge for assassins. Chris Collins of Sons of Anarchy, The Wire, and Man in the High Castle will uh, pen the script and serve as showrunner. The original film's creative team is on board for the TV offshoot. Thunder Road's Pictures is involved. Uh, Original franchise screenwriters are involved. And Stileski, Chad Stileski, who directed the first two. Uh, yeah, there's two people who directed them, I thought. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm wrong. Chad Stileski, who directed the first two and is returning for the third, will direct the premiere. Cool. And will script it going forward. Um, the John Wick franchise, produced by Lionsgate, which is now fully, which now fully owns Stars, which is notable, I guess, to see why it's there, uh, has grossed nearly $300 million worldwide. Third feature is due in 2019. Stars, of course, has the rights for the series, and yeah. Lionsgate will control international domestic distribution. Cool. S- Stars CEO says the series is truly unlike anything else on TV. The Continental promises to include the thunderous fight sequences and intensely staged shootouts between professional assassins and their targets that fans have come to expect in the John Wick movie franchise, as well as introduce some new, darkly compelling characters who inhabit this underground world. That's what I'm more interested in. I wanted to go more into the the hotel. There's a million stories there. There's yeah. every person saying there has a story. That would be great. Yeah, and if, well, I wanted to do like a thing where every uh, episode is a different hitman story. Right. That'd be so cool. Yeah. So I'm fully it's on a good board idea. for this, and Joe should watch those movies, I think. I think yeah. they're both fun. The first one's better, but uh, they're both all right. Okay. Um, Hulu and Blumhouse partner for a unique monthly horror anthology series. There you go, Blumhouse. The new series, part of the Net- Hulu original slate will deliver viewers 12 self-contained stories, a new episode premiering each month over one year. Mm-hmm. So that's an interesting 
That's not a typical TV show. It's not once a week. It's once every month for a year. Yeah, why not? Twelve episodes. Uh, does it say how long they're going to be? Like hour it, long. Okay, so it's kind of like a, they're making like a mini movie every uh, month. The twelve episodes of the series are expected to tell standalone tales, so there will be some kind of narrative device connecting them. Great. No writers or directors are attached at this time. The plan is for the first episode to premiere in October mm-hmm. of 2018. Cool. Uh, here's who is chief content officer. At the heart of the deal is an extremely passionate audience and extremely uh, activatable audience in terms of horror. Activatable? That's what he said. No, it's not a word, bro. Activatable. He's, he, he, he thinks it is. Yeah. It's not even the larger bucket of genre. I would say this falls squarely into the horror bucket, and it's brought to us by, I would say, in many ways, that would be hard to argue, the consummate producers in the genre today. Mm. Totally agree. Yeah. Uh, it's a good idea. All we do is talk about how awesome Blumhouse is, and it's really cool to see them branching out, not in a... Like of course they're doing they're doing a lot of television stuff it seems right now. Smart. The Purge is theirs. Test- and that's actually a, I think it's going to be like a sci-fi. Show. It makes sense because everyone's going to go to peak television, but just that more uh, more outlets to do to play with ideas. And what's to stop them from this anthology series or the one that they're doing with uh, Jordan Peele to like if some an episode yeah, becomes the Twilight a hit. Zone. Yeah, if an episode becomes a hit, there's a movie, right? Wow. Yeah. So the Purge is going to be on USA and Sci-Fi, and they're also doing the Blumhouse is doing the Roger Ailes. TV series, like a documentary, I think, on Showtime. Oh, that's weird. Lot, or maybe I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's, it's a series. It's not a documentary. It's doing a series based on the life and fall of, of disgraced Fox News chief Roger Ailes. Uh, Bumhouse is crushing it. Uh, I'm all for any anthology horror. Yeah. And I love that Bumhouse is which it, means it'll yeah. probably be good. Yeah. I bet they've got dozens of stories, more than dozens of stories that can't be feature films for whatever one reason or another. This is the perfect testing ground or just to get those ideas out there without having to like, put more resources behind something that might not work for them financially. So this is great. Yes. Uh, and more Blumhouse news. He did an interview with Cinepop recently, and he talked about a potential insidious sinister crossover. And whatever. He said... <laughs> whatever. <laughs> he said, we almost did insidious and sinister, and I still feel like we might do that. So I think so. I think we're going to cross our worlds at some point. I don't know how yet, but we're going to try. Well, both things are essentially about ghosts. Yeah. So one ghost easy. from one is in the other. Like, whatever. Blum also talked about the future of the Insidious franchise, noting that if the last key was to do all the box office, which it did. Yeah, of course. A fifth film was a guarantee. So yeah. we're waiting for that still. But here's the quote. There are no plans right now, but if the movie is successful, we'll definitely make another one. <laughs> yes. Uh, I don't know what it will be about yet, but I'd love to make another installment. The most we got to do was Paranormal Activity. We had we had six films, so maybe we'll try and beat it with Insidious. Maybe we'll do seven. There's six Paranormal Activities? Yeah. I One, saw two, three. Uh, the, 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 the go- oh, what's it called? Fuck. It was, there was like a one that starts like Latino people. Um, and that was like, I remember them. There's always articles at the time because it was like, they were just noting that like, yeah, Latin- if you look at like the data for box office, like yeah. Latino people go see oh they love it yeah and the marked ones yeah and they're really like latino culture is really into ghosts and and yeah and stuff so paranormal activity uh the marked ones uh Uh, that's four i named and Uh then there's one okay so four there's one through four just entitled then five is marked ones ghost dimension is six i never heard of that that was the last one i saw that and then there's one called uh Paranormal Activity 2, Tokyo Night, that was only released in Japan. <laughs> that I've oh, I want to see that. What does it say about that? I don't know. We oh, look at that. It, do you think they just remade it with, with Japanese No, it people? looks different. Uh, it says it, uh, it follows Haruka Yamono, who was in a car accident that broke her legs. Whoa. She stayed home with her brother while her, their father was away as strange activities started happening in the house. It is later revealed that 
Haruka killed her legs the, are haunted. <laughs> that Haruka killed the possessed Katie in the car accident, causing the demon to transfer to her. So Tokyo Night doesn't. It's not canon. Tokyo Night, but paranormal dreams. Apparently, Katie's in that one too. The, from the original. Oh, uh, really? My friend uh, Cheryl was almost a star of one of these movies. I think she was almost in three or four, and she didn't get it. She said she was really close to getting it. At the time, she was bummed, but. I'd be like, you don't want to be one of those movies. Like, then you're gonna it. go to the conventions it. the rest. Yeah, of Yeah, that's life. it. Like, you don't want to star. You don't want to star in a horror franchise movie. Like, if you're not the main thing, because if you if you're just in it, like, that's it. You're never working again. And I'll do one more Blumhouse. There's a mo- another Blumhouse coming in. I guess it was supposed to be April. Oh, it's still April, but it was uh-huh. moved to Friday the Thirteenth. Ooh. Um, it's called Truth or Dare, and it says a harmless game of Truth or Dare among friends turns deadly when someone or something begins to punish. I dare you to kill this person. Whoops. <laughs> Yeah, begins to punish them to tell a lie or refuse the dare. Uh, it looks like um, they're, uh, you know, it looks like they're like follow up to Happy Death Day, which did very well for them. Yep. Which you should watch, I guess. Yeah, it's streaming now. Maybe I'll check it out tonight. I thought it you was just, mostly it was okay. very disappointing. Uh, let me know what you think. Find brilliant. I, I mean this with no hyperbole. Brilliant idea for a movie. I know. And they're going to do another like, one for like, sure. Like, holy shit. Like, just watch that trailer and just be like, the perfect sense for a horror movie. And Truth or Dare being the next one, I think is smart, too. It's just like another, like, easy, high concept I feel premise. like I feel like they're all sold. They're going to have a whole division of movies that's, like, starring uh, early teens either in high school and college. Yeah, I mean... Because who, who goes sees these movies on opening night? Exactly. And uh, you know how they used to do, like, you know, prom night. Yeah. This holiday, that holiday. They're just going to keep doing it with like uh, Truth or Dare. Yeah, uh, uh, f- unfriended with something about Facebook, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, that's coming. There's going to be a Snapchat related horror movie at some point. For sure. You know? uh, weird news here. Well, we talked, we at one point talked about how X-Men has a big year. There's like a, a new one. There's two shows. There's for the record, for the record, I don't like X-Men. I think it's dumb. Mm. Well, there was a horror X-Men movie supposed to be coming out next year called The New Mutants. There's yeah, already, there's trailer's already a trailer, yeah. But as uh, as all the money in the world, whatever it's called, as showed us, like, hey, trailer, I mean, like, mean it's, just, it's just the best guess, you know? It's like the uh, day before they're going to change the movie. In the film, five young mu- mutants just discovering their abilities while held in a secret facility against their will fight to escape their past sins and save themselves. Okay. Uh, trailer looked okay. Uh, the news is they moved it a full... Uh, not a year, but ten months. That's insane. It comes out April twenty, uh, February twenty nineteen. Now after it's supposed that's to a be, year. It's supposed to be April twenty eighteen. Oh, I'm saying yeah, yeah. Now it's holy February shit. That Jesus, what do you think happened? Do you think it's like so bad they're just like dump it? I don't know what happened, but something happened. Can you imagine being in that movie? Because there's all gonna be no names in there, and them thinking like, when this comes out, my my ticket to Hollywood is uh, is all but guaranteed, and then now it's like, hey, you wait another year before this movie comes out. You know out. what? Now what I'm thinking, do you think it's because of like the Disney Fox yeah, could have been. situation? Course, like, like maybe they're figuring out what they can they do. Well, they got to reshuffle things around because they don't want competing for the box At office. At the same right? time, Deadpool two was moved up. Deadpool two is now like May. Yeah, I don't know when it was supposed to be. I could not care about that fucking movie any less. Yeah, I never saw the first one. It was very bad. It looks um, stupid. Uh, Gore Verbinski, who was supposed to be directing the X-Men spinoff movie Gambit, which has been supposed to be a movie since X-Men Origins came out. Yeah, Gambit's not cool. When they just put to, Taylor for the record. Kitsch in it. Yeah, Gambit is, is so uncool. I hate, like, uh, people always been pointing to Gambit like, oh, he's cool, he's Cajun, he makes cars that are bombs. It's like, no, Gambit is so whack. What about it? Uh, the movie was supposed to be finally coming out with Channing Tatum and directed by Gore Verbinski. Mm-hmm. Directed the Ring remake, as we know, which is awesome, and... The, the only good Pirates of the Caribbean movie. But the Ring remake was good? The, the, ori- 
the original ring. Oh yes, yes, yes. Of course, the, of, of course. Oh, I'm sorry. I think meant like that rings that just no, came the out. new one yeah. is bad. Yeah. Um, so he left. Uh, Gorbachevinsky's gone. Uh, Channing Tatum's still attached. Uh, the date was previously February 2019. That was going to come out. They haven't said what's happening yet, but the director's gone, so we'll see what happens. But it's funny because in 2015 this was supposed to happen, mm-hmm. and it was Rupert Wyatt. Who went on to do uh, the, uh, the? Is he a director or actor? Director. He did the Planet of the Apes remake, the first one. Oh, cool. Which started that huge fucking franchise. Yeah, and also uh, uh, at, at one point, what's his, fa- what's his face from Lost was attached to play Gambit, the 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 con man guy, John Sawyer, whatever that actor's mm. name is. Yeah, I forget that guy's name too. Yeah. Um, and then another time, Verbinski was supposed to do it in the past and failed. This and then Doug Liman was supposed to do. It. Gambit's, they're all like, you know what? Gambit's stupid. There's no movie there. There's no Gambit movie. No one cares about Gambit. Yeah. He's cool because he's like a sidekick. He kind of breezes through, says some smart-ass thing that's charming because it's in his uh, Louisiana accent. He throws a card that's a bomb. It blows something up and they keep moving. No one wants to focus on Gambit. Gambit is boring. Who's the guy? Cyclops. That guy's boring. Um, Colossus or Colossal. Like every X-Men character besides Wolverine on their own and Magneto, I guess, are boring. That's why they were supposed an, to do X Men Origins Magneto. That never happened. Of either. course, because he's boring. We want to see this guy in a, in a fucking concentration camp, like bending fucking uh, yeah. outhouses in half. They've or already whatever. done that a lot. In yeah, the, in this franchise. Jesus Christ! Like that's that. I mean, how depressing would a Magneto movie be? Because the, the whole thing's gonna be like how uh, a Jewish kid in, uh, in during the Holocaust. Like, I do not want to see that movie. It sounds depressing. But X Men. Its strength is its ensemble. It yep. always has been. Yep. Yeah, you can focus a little more on some, but it's an ensemble thing. No standalone X Men. Anything is interesting. Did you watch Logan? Period. Or will you watch Logan? I did watch Logan, and it was very good. Wolverine, is, but by the way, most Hugh of Hugh Jackman as Wolverine is a big part of why Logan it's was great. great. The movie Logan was great. The first, the Wolverine, the other one or two they did was kind of sucked. Origins was really bad, and yeah. there was one that people liked that was also directed by James Mangold, who uh. did Logan. It's called The Wolverine, I think. Didn't like it either. You people yeah. liked it, but I didn't like it. The, it's ensemble, guys. That's why I don't like about X Men. It's like this group of knuckleheads who's like, yeah, if nine of them are together, they can be, they can defeat whatever. But one alone, it's like, who gives a shit? All right, next. Ooh, I see my boy Critter up on the screen. Say, are you a fan of Critters? I love those movies, but I haven't seen them since whenever they came out. That was definitely those are perfect movies to see as a kid. Like they were gross and violent, but not too violent and pseudo sexual, not really. Well, this came out of fucking nowhere. What do you got? There's a TV show coming. No, Critters. Critters a new binge. Maybe <laughs> maybe a twist on a new batch. From Everybody knows what I'm talking Gremlins. about. The, 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 the Critters ball. Did you ever see that one? No. Oh, man. So they're little things and they eat everything. And then at one point on the first or second one, they all come together to do like this big, almost like round, like boulder-like thing. And just kind of like rolls to a bunch of people. You know, because they're all like their mouths out, like eating whatever they roll over. And they roll over a dude. And when it comes to unrolls, he's just like a skeleton. It was fucking awesome. <laughs> Dude, critters fucking rules. Here's the premise. What do you got? The critters return to Earth in search of one of their kin who was left behind years ago during an earlier mission. Mm. They land in Burbank, California, Uh-oh. where they wreak havoc on a group of high schoolers and their families. It's like gremlins. Yeah, sounds great. Okay. I'll watch it. Yeah, check it out. Um, more news. <laughs> Ridley Scott's still doing interviews, and he said, you know, he's already said he wants to do more Alien, even though the studio does not agree. Yeah. And now he's saying about Blade Runner, which has had a sequel, that he kind of pan didn't pan he just said it was long yeah now he says well, he, I couldn't he edit it well, why do they want it do they want it longer it seems like the director's the one that wants it long yeah i don't know well he didn't direct the new the other one 
He didn't direct the new one? No, it was uh, Dennis Villanueva. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He said, I think there is another story, meaning Blade Runner. I've got another one ready to evolve and be developed, so there was certainly one to be done for sure. Oh, I roll. Again, not going to happen. This movie didn't make money. Yeah, but also it's being like, hey, uh, you did Blade Runner, yeah? Do you want to do more? He's like, yeah, I got some ideas. Basically, say like, yeah, that's what he always does. He's, he's an eighty. He's eighty. Every time I talk about him, I'm but also, like, who, he's eighty. Who wouldn't? If you made any hit movies anytime, you want to make more of it? Like, yeah, I got some ideas. Yeah, you got. Have you thought of it? Do you have a script? No. Do you have an outline? No. That one character everyone likes. I guess there could be more there. Of course, there's more there. Like, there's more everywhere. Like, I just feel that asking someone, yeah, you want to do more? Yeah, I got some ideas. Like, of course, that doesn't mean anything. That's not a movie. Whatever. Some, some fucking retire that guy. Fucking tired of that guy. Uh, next month, uh-huh. this is very. This is actually really cool. I hope. Oh it's yes, true. yes, yes, yes. Duncan Jones, the son of David Bowie. Yeah. But uh, fans uh, of film may know him as a director of a great movie called Moon. Didn't he write that too? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Sam Rockwell and Kevin Spacey actually as the voice of the. Robot oh yes, movie. yes, 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 yes. Um, Moon is from 2008, and I think since then, what has he done? He's o- he definitely did Warcraft. I think that. Oh, he also did that movie. With Jake Gyllenhaal, Source Code, which was okay. Yeah. He just, like, you know, that was the one he just, I think, just kinda did whatever. picked up a script and directed it. Yeah. Um, but he had this new movie called Mute that was very ambitious. And um, he, he was talking about it for a long time. I think it's his passion project. Mm-hmm. Turn, someone asked him on Twitter, when's it coming out? And he said, next month. But shh, I'm not supposed to tell anyone <laughs> yet. So Duncan apparently it, it's going to surprise drop on Netflix next month. And what is the premise of Mute? Mute is set in the near future where Leo... Alexander Skarsgård is a bartender living in the pulsing city of Berlin. Because of a childhood accident, he lost the ability to speak, and the only good thing in his life is his beautiful girlfriend. Uh, When she vanishes without a trace, his search for her takes him deep into the city's seedy underbelly. A pair of (laughs) wisecracking American surgeons, played by Paul Rudd and Justin Thoreau, are the only recurring clue, and Leo is forced to take on the teeming underworld in order to find his love. Mm. It'll be interesting. That sounds great. All right. Uh, it looks like it's very Blade Runner-y. All, every still I've seen is very Blade Runner-y. Yeah. And also that article notes that David Bruckner, who directed Southbound and the part of VHS yeah. and The Signal, the 2007 one. I hated that. Oh, and I hate that. I never saw that one. I saw the other one, the one, oh, that, the one that had uh, Lawrence Fishburne in it. And it was a weird alien movie. Uh, his new movie, The Ritual, apparently is coming to Netflix. And it has nothing to do with the, it's not a remake of the Korean movie Ritual. No, this is a group of college friends reunite for a trip to the forest, but encounter a menacing presence in the woods that's stalking them. Oh, cool. So that'll be out on Netflix apparently next month too. Nice. Um, Yeah, Netflix is fucking bringing the heat. Isn't this the year that Netflix spends $60 billion on original programming? Maybe 80. That's insane. That's a lot. Uh, Talked about that. Joaquin Phoenix apparently is playing a serial. Oh, yes. Directed by Lynn Ramsey. Who that? Uh, we, need to, we need to talk about Kevin. Did you ever see that? Yes, that's a great movie. So fucked up. She directed that. Um, so she's directing this movie that I think did really well at a festival. Mm-hmm. It's called You Were Never Really Here. And it stars Joaquin Phoenix as a vicious killer. Uh, the premise, it just says a, a missing teen girl, a brutal and tormented enforcer on a rescue mission, corrupt power and vengeance unleash a storm of violence that may lead to his awakening. Yeah. Um, it lo- sounds cool. Yeah. It premiered at Con and people loved it. Yeah, it when you talk out. about Kevin, was like uh, profound. It was profoundly like really good and fucked up. Yeah, and sad like and well, cr- totally crazy. Yeah. It's actually on Shutter now. 
which is, it's not a typical horror movie, but it is horrifying. You will, yes, you will be horrified by it. Definitely watch that movie if it's on if, yeah. if you have Shutter. Uh, definitely watch when we get some time to like decompress afterwards. Yeah, you're not. You're going to be like, oof. You're going to like call your mom after. It, it, it definitely like delves into the parenting side of a raising a psychopath. Yeah, that is never really talked about. Yeah, they don't talk about like what happens. Like, what if they made a movie about the, uh, the Columbine kid's mom? Yeah, that's like, basically the, the plot of that. Yeah, it's great. Uh, and final news: uh, the first bit of casting has been confirmed for the new Tarantino movie. We've heard rumors for a while, but now it's locked in. Leonardo DiCaprio is back with Tarantino for the Charles Manson set movie. I'm going to be adding this movie to uh, the new Star Wars movie as movies that I'm probably never going to see. Mm. No thanks. Uh, still talking about, uh, I think, Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie are also circling eh, this whatever. project. Margot Robbie has been asked to play the role of Sharon Tate. And Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt are all both circling still. So if that cast comes together, that fucking would be I'd I'd be that would very be that'd be pretty it. insane. Yeah, pretty crazy. Well, uh, that's a lot of news. That was almost the full program of news. Sorry, guys. Now you know. No, that's good. I think is that's it? Good. I think people listen to this for news. Okay. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, what did you well, Brett loaned me Alien Covenant. So oh I finally my God, saw I it. forgot. I know. I didn't. I forgot. I realized that after we started up a release guide, I'm like, oh yeah, so Alien Covenant. Um, you you borrowed it on DVD because it I came know. with a DVD Blu-ray combo that? pack, and you couldn't find the remote for your DVD player, so you watched it with subtitles. <laughs> That's on. right, which did not really affect it as much as I thought I was going to. But yeah, it was kind of annoying. Uh, did you not like it? It was fine. Um, I don't know how I felt about it ver- comparing it to Prometheus because they're just like two different movies. I felt it was watchable. But I don't know. Just something about it was just kind of, I was just kind of like, whatever. Did you feel like it was two things? It was like Ridley Scott was making his Prometheus movie and the studio was like, okay, throw a throw an alien movie in there. That's how I felt about it. But I like it. No, I, I think that it's ex- it's extending what I, from what I could tell, like the alien movies, Alien, Aliens 3 and Resurrection was all like, there's this monster that's on board and we got to think the acid blood and th- this and that, you know, and like it was just like a, mo- a monster movie. What he's doing with the Prometheus thing is kind of like the why and the how of what this thing exists. Yeah. So this Prome- this second movie kind of extended this idea of what this creature is, how it's been, I guess, evolving out in, in space and how it's continued to evolve and how, in our case, humans, but also those Prometheus big, bald, weird Greek god things that, you know, how they've been pretty much the the hosts or the labs that have developed this uh, now ter- most terrifying creature in the universe sort of thing. And I think that there's interesting stuff there, but just watching this one play, it was just, just kind of like, uh, yeah, there wasn't that much alien in it. No. You know? That's what I was saying. So I just, I felt like, but I don't know. I just thought it was just okay. Okay. Anything else? Uh, Besides what we watched for the, I mean, Final Destination, we can talk about that next week. Okay. Um, oh yeah. wait, I tried what? Uh, le- uh, dreaming of Electric Sheep or Electric Dreams? Electric Dreams. What's it called? Yeah, that's right. Uh, I fell asleep during the first episode. Me too. I, 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 will, literally I will, did. I will watch it because I have a friend who's in the show in some episode, and they filmed because they shot a bunch of it in Chicago. So I feel like I know some people in it. I feel it takes place in Chicago too, so I feel the need to at least watch it to check it out. I'll, w- I'll probably watch the whole thing, but first episode, very underwhelmed. Very underwhelmed. It's just it's too late. They're doing a Philip yeah. K. Dick adaptation of, as if that they're saying something new. And yeah. it's like, we've seen a million Philip K. Dick adaptations. 
And if you're going to, I just don't, can't believe it's it's 2018. Yeah. And they're doing this show acting as if Black Mirror doesn't exist. Right. And, 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 yeah. and correct me wrong, but they're not, they're not making Philip K. Dick stories. They're taking his stories and adapting them to a series, correct? It's like yeah. inspired by your right. ideas of, but it's, this isn't like they turned. Took one. Oh, right. uh, yeah, yeah. Because um, this first episode was like, this must be, it's not a retelling of Total Recall, but it had the same sort of thing of like, oh, hey, you want to go on this like vacation where you just like put these things to the side of your head and you imagine you're someone else and go into their life. And then this idea of like, wait, what's reality and what's fiction as far as how the difference my dreams and reality? And I'm like, yeah, we, we this is well covered territory with Total Recall and a handful of other movies that have done that, you know? So, yeah. like I said before, I, th- I think I just said in earlier this episode, Netflix is probably just, just producing any um, property they already have a deal with, probably through their lit department, because stuff is books, I'm sure. Same thing with Lord of the Rings. It's just like, hey, we're Amazon. We're books. We got already deals with these guys. Why don't we just make TV shows about uh, literary properties that we already are like distributing or have deals with? So, not surprised. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'll try watching other one. If anyone's seen it, maybe there's an episode. I heard I episode nine is good. Oh my god! Yeah, someone the review was like, they literally make you wait eight episodes before you get the one that's good. If anyone's binged, <laughs> binged it, give me maybe give me like the uh, give me the top four. But how many are there? There's ten, I think. And a top three. Yeah, give me a top three. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching. Well, I'll, I'll kind of watch it. Uh, or I'll I'll, I'll watch I want it, it to be good. Else. I desperately want it. Oh, of to be course, good. yeah. I want everything that I watch to be good. <laughs> uh, also, we talked about this briefly. Watched the new James Franco or a James Franco movie that just came out on Netflix called The Vault. The Vault. It's about a bank robbery gone wrong when it turns out that the vault in the basement is haunted. Which That's sounds, a cool premise. It sounds like a joke premise. <laughs> uh, and the money's haunted. Yeah, right. Like, what do you mean? It's because first of all, how's a vault haunt? Does they go into the vault constantly? Like every bank I've been to, like yeah, the vault's right there, but they had to do a thing like it's an old bank and the vault's downstairs and that's where we hold the money and like you gotta you were like executing people yeah, back yeah, yeah. in the day or something. Um, well, I don't know because I I uh, turned <laughs> it off. What was what did you see up to? What was it? What happened in this movie? They start oh, okay. So well, here here's the first weird thing about this movie. The stars of it. It is somewhat of an ensemble movie, but it's all no names. And not even good no-name actors. Like, no-names that are, like, you would expect in, like, a made-for-showtime movie. Just, like, the caliber of talent for most of everyone in it. Just being like, who the fuck these people can barely act? Except that, for whatever reason, James Franco's in it. He's not the lead, really, but he feels like the lead because it's, like, fucking James Franco. He's not top-billed, which I noticed. He's, like, third-billed. The female actress actress from um, Orson New Black, the racist white trash one. What was okay. her name? I Tallahassee or Puxatawney? Yeah, yeah. What's her name? I forget her name in real life. She's yeah. in it, and she's one of the bank robbers. And she's in a lot of stuff. This other Terry guy, Manning. Who's the right. Who's the guy? He's a Latino actor. He's in um, Clifton uh, Collins Jr. Yes, yes, yes. Clifton Collins Jr. But they're not the leads. Like, you know, one of the women who works at the bank and one of the guys in the group are kind of the leads because there's this whole thing of like, you know, oh, we're going to get all this money. We got to break in and this and that. And, and, and like the robbery and there tends to be no money and like where they're robbing. And then for the, they get really worried. And then James Franco, who works there, is like, yeah, there's more money downstairs. It's in the vault, you know, and, and it's just like. It's uh, you say it's a great premise. No, I don't think it's. I think it's a stupid premise. <laughs> it, I think it's it is kind of funny of a premise because it's a bank robbery. Like they can't because the whole thing now is like. So it's a high school that turns into a horror movie. Is that what happens? Yeah, but you understand the logistics of what they're implying here. So mostly bank robberies have to happen in a few minutes, right? Because it's yeah. a bank robbery, right? 
So even if they're like, okay, we've got this whole thing where we called to pretend to be like security, I think it was something like that to be like, so now no one, they still have to like keep the bank door shut while someone's like, I could break into that vault, but it's going to take me like 30 minutes. And right there I was like, no, leave. Yeah, leave. What, you out. mean no one's going to walk in this bank for the next 30 minutes? You know, so what are they going to do, right? So that that to me was like a false premise. And also this whole thing where like, yeah, the bank's, or excuse me, the vault is downstairs down this in this whole like decrepit downstairs area of like this old bank that nobody uses anymore but they have money stored in there and it's just i think it's stupid um i'll, I'll maybe go try to finish it tonight just to see what happens but i was like this is really and it just was the monsters or the ghosts that ship to kill people i didn't get the full explanation yet of why it's haunted but it's just major sh- shoulder shrug I did, I did not care for it um so yeah i, w- I would say skip the vault try watching that uh, yesterday so, All right. What have you Not going to watch The Vault. Yeah, don't watch The Vault. I went and saw the new Jean Collet Liam Neeson collab. They've worked together several times now. Oh, yeah? Um, the Commuter. It's w- Liam Neeson has just signed a contract where he's going to remake the same movie every two years until he's dead. This movie has a. It's like a. like a, I think a review I read called like a cheap paperback premise. Sure. What's that? Uh, it's a guy. Well, uh, it's basically a guy is on a train. A strange woman he's never seen before, Vera Farmiga, sits down across from him and says, uh, and uh, the background is this guy lost his job this day. Like the, that yeah. happened to be that day. Yeah. And she's like, hey, uh, what is she's, first she talks all abstractly. If, like, in theory, would you, if I asked you, there's some, like, to do a little small thing on this train and you could get $100,000, would you do it? Yeah. It's like, well, it depends. So she, like, is like, she tells him there's $25,000 in the bathroom. And he'll get the rest when the job is done. Mm-hmm. But she says there's one person on this train that does not belong. And you have to find them and put this like GPS tracker device on their bag. Is it up to him to, just, to figure out who's the person? Yeah, they, yeah, they. That's weird. Yeah, it seems like they don't because uh, the person doesn't know. the, per, the it, You end up finding out that the people setting them up, like, you know, they don't know who the person is. But they know that that person is going to be on that train. Uh-huh. So, like, he is his background, even though in the movie he's an insurance, life insurance person. He used to be a cop, of course. Every, every Liam Neeson role in the past decade has been some sort of ex-cop, ex-agent. Of, of course, sort. of course. Um, so the premise is basically from then on. He once he takes the twenty five grand from the bathroom and like decides that like he wants to do it. Yeah. Then it's like, shits like they have like this like almost omniscient like crazy control like they see everything he's doing like he tries to write on the newspaper to his friend like hey call the cop this is happening and they mm-hmm. see it and then they actually that guy when he gets off the train the lady pushes him in front of the a bus and kills him and in front of Liam Neeson just be like yo dog just like look us. what you did like you don't don't fuck around what's a movie uh, that that uh, uh, it's with um, Christopher Walken and uh, Johnny Depp Nick of Time I think it is never seen it oh it's actually pretty good like it's uh, he's Johnny Depp is some businessman he's at a hotel while some politician is gonna be speaking it's almost like one of those in real time type movies yeah and they grab him. And they're like, yo, we kidnap your daughter, you know, gun to her head somewhere in this hotel, whatever. Like, you need to assassinate this person. They're going to be giving a speech in like, you know, 25 minutes. And we're watching and we got guys everywhere. And if you say anything, we're going to kill her. If you try to run, you're going to kill her. Talk to the cop. So he pretty much is like, has to do this assassination. He knows he's going to get killed and they'll probably kill her anyway. And, right. And it's very good. Nick of time. Check that it out. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, this was, mo- I recommend it if you're a fan of these like late period Liam Neeson actioners. I am not. Uh, it's Oh, how I am not. The premise is really dumb and like uh, it gets stupider as it goes, I'd say. But it has a couple, it's just the director. He did The Shallows. He's really, I think he's a really great director. Yeah. Um, 
and he elevates to some type of material all the time. Like his the other one he did with Liam Neeson, I liked Run All Night. Great, fun movie. He just has like these inventive shots. Like yeah. the opening scene is actually really good. It's like a montage of just you know seeing Liam Neeson do the same thing every day, like getting a routine. You see like yeah. his routine, and he's like. It also the script is really obnoxious. Uh, in like you know you see a guy who's a they call him you know a good soldier going to work every day doing his job, yeah. not a bad employee at all, doing hitting his targets, doing everything, and he gets fired. Of course, and it's about the uh, the economy and how dumb it is and how yeah. basically there's really a line where he, there's a guy who works for Golden Goldman Sachs and the Neeson goes up to him and says. Fuck you, fuck Goldman Sachs. Like it's a really like this yeah. script tries to be really like, hey, look, like it's just trying. It's very uh, greed. The is the bad guys are like, yeah, the the corporate overlords. I mean, and, like, even the cops end up being bad. Dude, it's the eighties all over again. Yeah. It's like you know the the, the, the greedy few is is succeed and the and the working class, the honest guy just can't get a break. Yeah, so that's the whole that's the conceit of the script. Uh, it's just it's once it starts unraveling, like what is happening and like mm-hmm. why. It, it, I don't want to. I guess I don't want to ruin it. It's like ends up being like there's someone who's like about to go talk to the FBI. She's a witness yeah. and like needs to be saved. And like you kind of find out why Liam Neeson was chosen. Uh, so like the mechanics of the plot once it gets crazy are kind of ridiculous. But if you're in for these movies, it's dumb. It's a dumb hundred minute yeah. train movie. Turn your brain off. And I don't know. I en- it's a it's a fine January release. Yeah. Nothing, watch it on TNT in a year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, those movies like they're fine in the background. Like if it, if you have Movie Pass and you're interested, go. Don't pay money to see it. <laughs> there you go. That's the new system. All right. Uh, and uh, then, buy it, Movie Pass it, or just pass. <laughs> or just straight up pass. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's talk about the movie on Netflix that we both just watched. All right. Happy Hunting. I don't have the information in front of me. Who? who what's the, what year you got that IMDb up? Uh, Happy Hunting was this is last year, I guess. Now. Okay, you don't have it up, is what you're trying to say. Uh, it's it? directed by two people. Yeah, written directed by the same two guys. Uh, yes. Joe Deitch and Louis Gibson. Yeah, Gibson and Deitch. It's their debut. Yo. Which is shocking for how well directed I thought it was. Yeah, it looked really for good. A, for a really cheap movie that could have looked like shit if it wanted to. I want to I I just interject. It's not cheap looking. It's, uh, it's not cheap looking. how low the budget was. The budget, it, it looks like this movie cost nothing. Yeah, well, I, th- I would say... Because um, like when there's like a, you know, a bullet wound that's CGI or something, that's the only time you notice, like, oh, this is cheap. Yeah, but they've, they've successfully made a movie where uh, the low budget works for them. Because the thing takes place in the middle of the desert. A, guy's on the, uh, a, a guy, a meth, uh, an alcoholic and, and meth dealer uh, is on For, the run. He's like a former meth head or he's something. He's trying to get yeah. to Mexico to meet up with some people. His, Stum- like, his potential daughter. Yeah, he stumbles upon a small town. And he kinda Bedford gets, Flats. And he gets involved in an AA thing there, and they kind of bring him in. And the premise, as you probably could tell if you've seen the trailer, is that uh, he is drugged and kidnapped along with a bunch of other fuck-ups. And these people in this town every year do this to hunt down and kill people that they kidnap. And in this case kind of like degenerates that degenerate they, junkies that nobody gives a shit it's about. almost like they're cleansing their their so neighborhood say, there is there is a part in it that um one of the guys tells us a, a story about the first time he went to a major city i think he even says new york and he saw a homeless person there and he was like he was a kid he's like startled like oh my god and he said something and everyone's like oh just leave him alone and he realized that in the cities and populated areas 
like we let our problems just sit out in the open and, and prolong the inevitable. We're here in small towns, you say, where it's like, you know, we just do the honorable thing and take them up back and shoot them. And this is what they're doing. They've just round up the fuck ups that are kind of coming through the town and let them run out the flats. And then they go kind of make a whole it's like a, it's town like a event. Yeah, yeah. Or they like all like the radio and they'll have walkie talkies and all we'll just, uh, Connected with this idea of who... I don't know if they're replacing bets, but just seeing like who gets killed, who makes it to the it's end. There's definitely a guy with a camera making sure they film is like everyone yeah. can see it. Yeah. So I will say this right off the bat. That premise, while cool sounding, nowhere near original. People have, you know, the, the world's most dangerous game, whatever that What was the one with Ice-T at Dreadlocks? Oh my God, I don't know. Uh, I'll look it up while you keep talking. But yeah, there's all these movies where, you know, humans are hunting humans. Uh, and the and plot it's always we kidnap like drifters or people no one's gonna notice right and like even more so there's also the purge now which is literally a, a movie where once a year people kill people so yes. it's all so it's basically a emerging. surviving the game nice it's pretty good gary Busey's in it <laughs> so rutger howard this one could basically the log line could be world's most dangerous game meets the purge and that <laughs> And that's okay. Yeah, call it that. I think if they put The Purge colon Happy Hunting in the title and put this in theaters, it would do great. And this is why this should be a Purge TV show because this is the thing like, yeah, The the Purge, every episode of The Purge takes place in LA. It's like, what the fuck's going on The Purge in uh, Bumfuck? Who gives a shit? Yeah, and the, like, like, yeah, they made this fun little game. Right, you always think yeah. like Purge in small towns where people are just dying when there's like 12 people in a town, a small podunk town, you know they're just dying to kill each other. Right. You know, and they live in trailers, they can't really protect themselves. So, so Joe said this movie's okay i just thought it was just okay i thought it was i thought it was i'm gonna say it was it was good i thought i even say i thought it was very good considering how cheap it probably was. it suffers from poor acting i didn't think so i i don't think it suffers from i i'm just i think i was expecting just total shit i don't know why i thought it was so good no. i think it's because the expectations for me were like i've seen the purge i've seen world's most dangerous game style movies like the condemned there was the the, the wwe one remember? you like With me stone cold yeah, you probably were going to be like what could this movie possibly say that hasn't been already possibly said? do yeah. um and i think through a really not the like a pretty clever script mm -hmm. really well done visuals for mm -hmm. how cheap it was yeah and just generally good direction I think they turn this premise into a very, very watchable 90-minute movie. Yeah, they definitely parallel the idea of... So, as we said before, they do a whole thing of, like, when society decides who's better than who and therefore they're going to hunt down, like, The Purge does a little bit of that, but also, like, it's always implied, like, why do the people in power get to decide who is who deserves to live and who de deserves to die? In this instance, they're going after people who are, like, alcoholics and drug addicts, and also, the main character was trying to get sober. So this thing's a little bit of a parallel of the horrors of getting through sobriety. Yes, that's, you know? that's another reason why I Which think... Which is an interesting way to look at it as a guy's trying to get sober. He's literally running for his life. And I think that is the only interest, the only way they could make this movie work was that was that unique angle on it. Yeah, that was the that was fact good that idea. like, because for me the most intense scenes, which literally I was like edge of my seat, like oh my god, what's mm -hmm. gonna happen? Tense is the scenes where they're depicting his withdrawal and yeah. his addiction syndrome while he's yeah while he's in the midst of this other horror show. Yeah. he has to deal with like just being able to not shake his fucking hands when yeah. he's holding a gun. Yeah, yeah, And there's a scene early on when he's trying to sell meth that's clearly not real or Yeah, good. or like pretty shitty meth, yeah. And like, you know, the people are waiting for it to dissolve. There's, like this, there's a countdown and like he has Timing to... Timing it to get its quality. It's just like, it's so well directed. I was so yeah. into it. I was I like, think wow, I, this is a great, cheap movie. I'll put it this way. Usually a great movie is greater than the sum of its parts. This movie is less than the sum of its parts. I felt that it looked great. I felt that... Uh, 
the story was interesting and clever. I felt there was a lot of cool sequences in it. I felt overall, it was like the whole time I was watching, I was thinking to myself, yeah, yeah, okay, good. But just something about it all together, I was just like, Bleh. I was just kind of, eh. sorry. Yeah, like it, it's not. But definitely worth watching. It's on Netflix, right? Yeah. Yeah, watch it. I, I bet other people probably think it's better than I thought it was. I just thought it was just okay. I didn't dislike it. I kind of, I definitely was a kind of, Drifting while watching the movie, kind of like zoning out or whatever. Uh, I should say that the 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 what do you call it? I don't say like the main bad guy, but one of the bad guys who makes it towards the end, the one who he meets at uh, AA. That guy's character oh, yeah, and his yeah, yeah. And his character and that guy's acting was like so obnoxious. Yeah, so like there's this couple in the movie. Man, I was like, this guy's so. Every time he's on screen, I'm just like, I hate this. So guy. the hunters, like, there's literally people who like are doing like the hunting of the of yeah. the people. There's like a group of like just I don't know ragtag military looking people. Yeah. Then there's uh, the sniper guy yep. who just snipes from a distance, and then there's like this couple that the the joke is that they're like this like you know all American happy looking couple. That you think we you know have like you know picket white picket fence and some kids, yeah. But they're evil they're and just are part of it. Yeah, it's a bit. I would also say that each family that rounded up a person to be hunted is a different version of what I think the movie's trying to say. Oh, I guess like sobriety. Like you have the family that's like we're totally trying to help this person. You have the military people who are just being like you know. Uh, you should be a more disciplined American and have some self-respect. And there was, I think there was like a uh, rich people are just being like, we're bad. Like just different versions of people represent different types of people who all have a different kind of like, um, negative look at poor and struggling people. You know what I mean? And and then the irony was the one that, that, that picked up our lead character is the one that's like, we're totally trying to help and AA and come stay at our house where they're, you know, could argue to say that, like those types of people are just as um, uh, destructive or unhelping because they're not interested in helping people. They're interested in si- being seen as helping. Totally. You know what I mean? And I was initially very, very into the score, but as the movie went along, it's just like they use the same sound cue like a hundred times. Yeah. It was, like like the orchestral swell, like you know when it's getting really intense. Like every time it cuts to a different scene. Yeah. It'd be like strings going up, 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 crescendo, crescendo, and then like drop off. They kept doing that to the point where I was laughing by the end of it. I was like, yeah. okay, okay. It's but it was original. Like, they did make the score. It's not like they ripped it from somewhere. You definitely felt the indianness of it. It felt the low budget. I don't think, I think Cheap's a... Uh, cheap is like derogatory. Yes, Cheap cheap yeah. implies quality. Like it was of the best quality it could be for the money they spent on it. So yeah, I mean, the whole, almost all of it takes place out in the desert and just like barren wastelands with two people, like one guy running, the other guy running after him. So you think like, yo, this couldn't have costed that much to make. I mean, pretty smart. I'm sure the, the filmmakers are from this area. So they kind of knew the nuances of life out there, which was good. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was just fine. I'm going to elevate his fine and say it's good and totally worth your time. Fine. And you Jesus. will enjoy it. Fine. I love it. I love that, that we Jesus. do a whole episode that's called Happy Hunting and then we talk about it for nine minutes. What do you do? Okay. Keep there's, talking there's, there's about it. Talk what else about. you got? I disagree. I, I, th- I agree. <laughs> I think we said it all. Yeah. I think it's, uh, it's, you say it's less than some of its parts. I think it's better than some of its parts because like on paper, it sounds like it would be like this cheap piece of garbage and it's not. And it's very mm. well done. It's very well done for what it is. It's not trying to change the world. Uh, the the script may be a little. It's a, it's a little inventive. It's inventive. Know? The yeah. script I was gonna say maybe a little like overt in its like political tone or something. I don't yeah, know. It's true. But uh, it's it's a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun with it, and it's ninety minutes, so you can't go wrong. And I love that there's just random movies I've never heard of on Netflix that are horror that are actually good. Yeah, why don't you guys check it out and let us know what you thought? And I don't know if anyone's seen a good 
Netflix horror movie that maybe just was a festival to yeah. Netflix thing. Go Let to us Netflix know. Uh, on the desktop site and go to horror and then sort by release year and tell me there's a handful like like probably like ten or more. You do on a desktop. You can't do that on. on uh, you can't do it on your phone. Yeah. So look on the desktop on, and, and let and, me know if you have watched them and what which ones are good because most of them are probably bad. Yeah, I'm definitely taking suggestions. Like I like to see some more. It seemed like this time last year we were seeing a lot of good stuff that was coming out. We we're like excited for new releases. So yeah, yeah. So we'll probably do another Netflix scrounge next week. In addition to hopefully our main event, yeah, for final D, we'll see if that comes through. But if not, we'll talk more about Netflix stuff because who cares? Yeah, hey, why not? All right, thanks for listening. All see right. you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Wildcats are the kind that are hard to track. Cause the joint is a crawling with the other hunters, and the she cats are doubling back. Now is the time for patience. Don't fire on the first one. Don't waste your bullets on a little bitty baby. Get a full grown wah 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 man.